Hello and welcome to The Narrow Gate. This is Orly, your host. I'm happy to be back with you. This is episode 20 of The Narrow Gate. This evening we're going to be looking at our emotional life. The last podcast was about um, healing our bodies. So tonight we're going to be looking at healing our emotional life. You may have already read and clicked on the title there. Are you sick and tired of going around in circles and never actually breaking free from emotional, um, your emotional baggage? So that's what we're going to look at in this episode. I'm not just going to show you how to manage and regulate your emotions, but show you a path that you can take that will set you free for, for the rest of your life. Okay, it sounds like, wow, is this really possible? Yes, it is possible. We have, um, God is a healer, and we have a lot of tools and methods that we have learned over the years through psychology, spirituality, and um, God is a miracle worker. So yes, we can overcome our emotional past. So before we go any further, I just want to introduce myself to anybody who is new here on Substack. Um, I'm Maura Kenny. I'm a Christian writer and a life coach. I'm from Ireland. I started the Narrow Gate um, in 2020. And it was a newsletter. And now I am moving in the direction of podcasts and newsletters. And currently I am doing a series on healing, growth and transformation for the Christian because that is the goal of every born-again Christian. If you're not a Christian and you're listening to this, you're very welcome to follow along. You may not understand everything I'm talking about when I talk about the Bible and being born again, but you can ask questions um, in the comments below. Okay, so thank you. So just before I get into it, I just want to say what the goal is um, regarding healing our emotions. And the goal as a Christian is to be transformed. Okay, so as Christians, our goal is to be transformed. And that means to, um, to have a life of peace, harmony, love, joy, peace. That's what we want and that is the goal. And so if we are living in our old emotional baggage, and anxiety, depression, reactivity, stress, bad relationships, well, then we're not really moving in the direction that God has planned for us. Okay, so um, one scripture I always speak about in my um, work is from Romans 12, 1 to 2. It's about us being a living sacrifice as Christians. Okay, so um, I will add it below, So, but I'll read it to you here now. It says, um, therefore, uh, this is the Apostle Paul. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. When I first heard that, it was hard to believe it was in the Bible. I said, is that in the Bible? That's amazing. That's exactly what we need. 
And then there's lots of people I follow who are on the spiritual path or artistic, you know, path. And they don't want to conform to this world. You know, they're considered rebels, some people, and they're not rebels. They just know that there's something wrong in the world. And God wants us not to conform to the passion of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we start walking in the kingdom of God. So that is the goal of a Christian. And that's why I teach about healing, because healing is the sanctification process. It's the purification process. It's the road to holiness, if you want to put it in Christian terms completely. And so the goal is to be at peace and to be bearing the fruit of the Spirit. So when you're a born-again Christian, you are walking in the Spirit of God. And the more you grow, the more those fruits will start to show in your life. Okay? What are the fruits? We're not talking about the fruits on the material side of life although those things can come later but we're talking about the internal the internal emotions that start to change so in galatians 5 22 it talks about the fruit of the spirit i will add it below and you can check it yourself the fruits of the spirit are love joy peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So these are the fruit of the Spirit. If you walk with God, follow God, work towards healing your emotions, maturing, you will start to produce these fruits. So in order to go on the journey, you first you have to believe you have to believe that it's possible to heal your emotions, possible to heal your body, possible to have a peaceful, stress-free life, that you will not be on that emotional roller coaster up and down for the rest of your life. If you're listening to this and you listen to more of this from me and other people sharing this message, and you're in a drama life now and you're just constantly up and down with your emotions and um, you have to get to a point where you're saying you're choosing it. You have to acknowledge that you're choosing that for yourself. We can be in it at the beginning when we don't understand. We just don't know. Like It's just crazy. It, it depends on people, where they've come from. So uh, if you've come from an abusive family, you may be just really traumatized and damaged by that and your mind isn't right and you've entered into toxic relationships and then you just run out this dynamic between you and the other person who is equally toxic and damaged. And you're not going to have any peace in your life and you start running into this roller coaster of emotions because neither of you are well. You're not, you're not well emotionally. If your emotions were all over the place, you have to acknowledge that you're not mentally well. And we all have to get to that point, okay? So I'm here to teach you how to get free of it. So the number one step is that we need to acknowledge there's a problem with our emotions. And that's why in the headline, 
title of this podcast, I said, are you sick and tired of going around in circles and never actually breaking free from your emotional baggage? Because if you don't get to this point of being sick and tired, you just have to say enough is enough. I can't live with the drama anymore. Enough is enough. I can't bear being triggered right, left and center. We all know what these things mean, but I will go into it in more detail because it's all over the internet now. And that's wonderful. Everybody's reading and listening to these things. But we do have to get to a point where we say, okay, I'm listening to all this about narcissism and it's all online. But we have to get to a point where we say, but what about me? Where am I in this spectrum? What side of it am I on? Am I on the unhealthy side or am I the abuser or am I the victim or where am I on this spectrum? We need to get to that point, okay? So the number one, if you want to get well and be free of this roller coaster of emotions, acknowledge your need for healing. Become aware what needs healing, okay? So in order to become aware and find that, we have to spend time doing self-examining. We need to look at ourselves, our emotional life and our physical life. I'm going to add the last podcast. I would recommend you read the other, uh, read or listen to the other pod- podcast about the body because they're actually related. I'm just doing them separately so that we can break this healing journey down into segments because it's huge this area of healing is it's a very big area so self-examine and that means having an honest look at ourselves looking at ourselves the good and the bad they do this in 12-step meetings all the time so anyone who's on a real healing journey or has a good therapist or a good life coach you're going to be asked to look in the mirror at yourself, your emotions, your behaviors. And that's how we have to start. So it's better to take a little, um, you know, look ourselves rather than finding ourselves in situations where someone else has to tell us. Okay. Um, Even then in the Psalms, and King David was always writing about, you know, his heart. He wanted a pure heart with God. He wanted to be righteous. He knew about his enemies. He knew he had many enemies. He also knew that he sinned, so he repented of his sin, and he was so ashamed of his sin. He had terrible remorse for what he did. And and so uh, in another Psalm 139, In verses 23 to 24, he says, Search me and know my heart, O God. He says, See, is there any wicked way in me? Now, can you say that prayer to yourself in private? Search me, O God. Is there any wicked way in me? Now, you might already know it, if there is. I have done all these things myself, and I continue to do them. Is there a wicked way in me? Know yourself. 
don't start just acting out of some subconscious behavior that's from the past and then having these arguments with people in your life and not even knowing why. We need to take to personal responsibility for who we are and our role in society. We can always be forgiven. I mean, we've all made mistakes in relationships and, and you know, work relationships, family, friends. But we're always forgiven by God. And whether the person forgives you or not is another thing. But our relationships won't get better in denial. So how do we start this journey? Well, I would say, if you're really serious about it, get a journal, get a notebook, or wherever you like to document things. Get serious about writing down and doing personal work on yourself. If you're married, you can do it with your partner, but I don't recommend that you do all the work with your husband or wife. Because obviously a lot of the problems are in the relationship with both of you. So if the, if you are a couple, well then do your personal inventory separate and privately and, and then do a separate work together with a therapist or counselor or talk together occasionally. So, um, so I'm speaking to individuals here. So look, uh, we start by looking at the pain right now. Yes, now, as you're listening, you can um, listen now, take some notes, and then maybe come back later, because I'm going straight in. This is kind of therapy, really. <laughs> I am a life coach, I said. I'm not a therapist, but... Um, um, and for the purposes of um, just covering myself, basically. I'm just giving information here. This is not a session, okay? So you have to seek a professional advice if you have any problems yourself, emotionally or mentally. Please seek help from your doctor. You can also make appointments to meet with life coach or therapist. I am giving information of what I do with people and in my own life. So we always have to do disclaimers nowadays. So where is the pain now in your life emotionally? So if it's really showing up as a physical, we can start by scanning your body. You, you scan your own body with your mind. Just sitting there even now, and you just sit with your body and say, do I feel any stress anywhere in my body? Do I have any tension in my neck, my shoulders, my hands, my head? Is there any physical ailments showing up? Some people get um, skin disorders when they're very anxious. Um, what about your emotions? Are you even good at identifying your emotions? Some people are so cut off from their own self that they do not feel their own emotions. That is a reality with a large amount of people. I was pretty much like that too. I don't know if I was completely numb, but I didn't have any vocabulary for my emotions. And that's the way it is for a lot of adults nowadays. How are you? I'm fine. 
so there's no okay yeah i'm good thanks what about you all's good you know that 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 one i really don't like all's good that's like putting up the wall it's not even opening a conversation with a friend i have i had somebody who was a so-called friend used to always say that harry oh all's good how are you and they want to know everything about me but tell me nothing about them but that's not a relationship I mean, I'm open person. I tell you about myself, but we cannot have a relationship if I'm telling you about myself and you're saying, I'm good, all's good, thanks. <laughs> so don't do that to the people in your life. Try to relate to them and try to connect with them. Now, if your emotions are all just numbed out, you're not going to be very sensitive to people. So you also have to be very careful about that. You could be hurting people when you're numb because you are so in pain, you've numbed it out, you've repressed it, you've put it away, you've started to become a workaholic, you're putting all your emotions away. I just keep working, working, working. I keep really busy. Nobody will ever know that I'm hiding something. Yes, that's true. They may not know, but you will not feel happy and you're going to start having problems in your relationships because no one can connect with you. We cannot connect if we're numbed out. So numbed emotions, sadness, loneliness, anger, fear, addictions, anxiety. Think about all those things. That's where you start. Where in your life are you suffering these things? And what is the cause of the pain? So when you've done that analysis, you've sat and you've scanned and you know what it is and You've said, okay, this is causing me a lot of stress. I noticed this. I think it's the relationship with this person. I have a manager at work, very demanding, very pushy. I don't like them, but I keep saying yes to them. I don't know how to say no. What if, it can be something like that. It can be even worse when it's a in a marriage where people are in a marriage and they're afraid to say something to their partner. And that must, That's not a very nice way to live your emotional baggage that can come from the past. Why are you with people like that? This is where we need to go with this. It's a long journey. That's why I'm doing a podcast. I said before, it would take me forever to write all this. I think that's why they're all doing the YouTube, to be honest, because I have so much to say on this topic that writing about it is quite slow and this is quicker. So I'm going to actually be doing these and the repetition will help you. If you just listen, listen again, you will be driving in your car one day and click, oh yeah, how do I feel? I was listening to that podcast because that's what happens to me. I follow people on YouTube and podcasts and read things and read books and it clicks where did it clicks in the mind be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind you see we need to change our mind so this is part of the healing is to change our thinking so do that as your assignment <laughs> scan your body look out for any pain in your body physical pain you could have been a doctor a lot of people get ulcers if they're very stressed heart disease, irritable bowel, there's many things you can get. You can see my podcast on that again, on the body. 
and, and read the two of them. So for the healing journey, all of this is actually linked. I know most people know this already, but I'm just going through it so that we keep learning. We have the body, the mind, and the spirit. Body, soul, spirit, whatever. So um, from a Christian point of view, I tend to say body, mind, spirit. Okay, So we have our spiritual life with God. We have the body. And the mind is usually considered the soul, which would be made of the, of the emotions and the will. Okay, so this is the mind. So that's why we say you have to change your mind because your emotions are tied up with your how you think, which makes a lot of sense. Okay, so uh, just as um, just as God is, you know, the Christian God, triune God, three in one, we have God the Creator, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And then as the body, the human body is made up of the body, the mind, and the spirit. So just to try to get that into your mind of how we operate. Um, so again, let's acknowledge this, how to move forward. The goal is to be free, to have peace, to go forward in life, to have better relationships, to work on our, you know, our dreams and our goals. And, you know, to we want to be successful, we want to have a life, a home, relationships. All those things are going to come when this space is sorted. The problem in society is people are doing things the wrong way around. They're going in the wrong direction. They're doing it the wrong way around. And that's why they call the gospel the upside-down message, the upside-down gospel, because everything that the world does is the wrong way around. So we're supposed to shift that. It is true that we do have a dream. We do want to carry out our work, our art, our passions, have healthy relationships. And, um, you know, everybody has... Everybody wants that. You know, you're not more special than the other person. You're not less special than the other pe person either. Everybody wants that. So we don't have to go running after it. What we have to do is seek first the kingdom of God, okay? Remember that. Always keep that in mind. That's where we're going. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Okay, so again, we want to acknowledge the pain. And in order to go forward, we have to acknowledge that we have a fear of going into that pain. Okay, so you could have a slight awareness that something wasn't right in the past. It might not be childhood. It could have happened later. It could be way back as a baby. It could be at school. It could have been... a something with a teacher or you could have had an incident in your life that nobody knows about you could have had you know abuse we know and nowadays about abuse it's very open that people have been abused physical emotional and sexual all these things so you might say we well, are yeah, okay something happened to me I know something about it, I think, but I don't want to go in there. It's too painful. That's also normal. 
So to begin clearing out that emotional baggage, we have to acknowledge the pain, acknowledge I was hurt at that time or as a child, acknowledge and accept that you are afraid to look at it. And it's also where that repressed thing comes from and the numbing. You see, you can have the two types. You can have this person in pain who's just numbed out and repressed. And they just avoid everything, you know. They're cowardly even. And that sounds very mean that they're cowardly, but they become cowardly because that's what fear does. If you don't face it, it makes you weaker and weaker. And then you just become kind of afraid of everything. So it's not good. And then the other side is it can be rage, you know, full of anger and shouting and raging and just making things difficult for everybody around you. That's another way of avoiding because when you're raging, nobody's going to be able to get close to you. You see, pushing people away, they can't get close to you. So you may need uh, help if you are like that. So if you were going to go on the journey, you could say, well, maybe I should start. Where do I start? Well, if you are very vulnerable like that, you may need a therapist to help you with with this and uh, or a support group or a coach, pastor, priest, someone very aware of the process who you think you can trust and that they could walk you through this early stage. Now, when you get through the difficult part, because I've gone through all this myself, and I'm, I still have lots more to work on, but um, I'm not in that place of emotional highs and up and down. I'm not like that. I'm very calm, actually. So, um, yeah, you need that person to walk with you. But after that, you don't need them as much anymore. And that's when the person caring for you, um, they let you know. They let you know that you're kind of stronger and they'll encourage you to move on. You know, not leave them forever, but you know, that maybe you won't have to see them as often. Or maybe you'll join a group that they're working on. A lot of therapists will do one-to-ones and then they will have uh, workshops and you know, because sometimes if you're working really closely with someone and you can like the relationship because it's a good role model of a healthy relationship. And there can be that kind of closeness with your therapist because they will, or, you know, educator, whoever walks you with. Walks you. And the reason I'm saying that is because the person who gave me the most help on my journey didn't actually call herself a therapist and but she called herself a facilitator educator uh, someone who accompanied me on the journey so probably that's the first time I've ever actually said described how she described herself which I thought was very nice you know so she walked with me on the journey so uh, um, it was hard not hard but you know you're getting stronger, but you still want to see that person because they are like your rock for a while. And then this person was running courses, so I soon didn't have to go to the one-to-ones. 
and I would attend her courses. And then at the courses, I had the relationship with her, but she was running a group. And it was really great. Like, so I think this kind of new way today of um, healing circles, they're very healthy and they're very friendly. And the therapist wants to meet you as an adult, you know. So they're role modeling for you. But when, when you're in the relationship with this person who's going to support you, now, it is hard to find somebody, I will admit. It is very hard to find the right match. But if you pray that somebody right will come along, that you could work with for a while, who could show you how to walk through this, I really recommend that you would work with that person for a while and tell them that you're vulnerable and that you don't trust them at the beginning. They understand. But the new thing, what was really great about my work with this woman is that when you go on a healing journey that's a bit deep, when you're hitting those deeper points, you will regress a little. It's normal, right? You will regress a little because you have to, because you're going back to the pain. You might go back to the memory. Your emotions are a bit raw, so you might regress a little. Now, they, they stand in front of you as a strong, loving, parent, adult, God, if you like, but we don't like to use God for people because the God is the third person in the relationship. But you're a therapist, like God is with you. So as if the therapist and you have a good trusting relationship, you can almost regress a little and you're sharing something they sit with you in their strength, their maturity, so that you can deal with it. And then, as the session ends, they bring you back into your adult mindset. You know, it's like, and then great work gets done in that sort of environment. So I highly recommend that if you need it. But not everybody needs that. So what are the things that people could be looking at that are causing the emotional baggage? Well, a lot of it is childhood wounds, trauma from the past, abuse, as I said, maybe bullying, maybe neglect. There's a lot that can happen to a person. And as I say, it's not always childhood. Somebody could have had a great childhood and then something changed. Maybe they lost a parent. Maybe somebody died. Maybe something happened. Maybe they emigrated and it was very devastating. So there's many, many reasons. It's not all abuse. So some people can, and this is a thing I like to say to people who didn't, who had a kind of a, you know, they can say, my childhood was fine. Like, you know, I didn't really have any problems in my childhood, but I do feel I have emotional baggage. Yes, don't minimize your pain because you're not as bad as the other person. Don't minimize what happened to you. Don't minimize something that was traumatic for you that some other person might say, that's nothing, you didn't hear what happened to me. You know, some people are insensitive to other people's trauma. So never do that to yourself, okay? 
So the next part I want to move into is just teaching you is, is, is the process. So then you move into a process. So as I said, we don't just dive into your pain. So, and if you ever meet anyone who says, okay, tell me all about your childhood pain now. I mean, that's just aggressive, run a mile. If you get a good person or group, and I'm not talking, it does not do one-to-one. -one. You could be going to a support group or something or doing the work yourself at home, but make sure that you have a nice, quiet environment. And I would recommend if you're going to do any deep work at home and you feel strong enough and you're going to be journaling on it and working on it, I did a lot of that too. I would make sure that you don't have to be up at seven in the morning for work, okay? Because if you're going to do something deep and emotional, it's, it's tiring or you need a lot of time to reflect. So if you are working, try to do that kind of work on you where you have the next day off or something. Um, that's what I mean about taking it serious. You have to make time for the work. If you don't make time for the work, well, it's not going to work. <laughs> that's what they said in the 12-step meetings. It works if you work it. It works if you work it. So work it. <laughs> I didn't even go to those meetings for long. I just went to them went to them for a while when I was in Ireland. And actually, I was really, really glad I went. And I went to many of them. And I, I remember saying, God, what am I doing at all these meetings? I was getting lots of healing. It was great. But as somebody who's on the healing teaching journey, um, the more I learn, the better. And I just love those meetings because people are so real. All these workshops, people are so real. And we're living in a very fake world. You know, fake. Hi, hi, yeah, fine, fine, yeah, good, yeah, great. Ha, ha, Facebook, ha, ha. You know, we all know that that's fake. And it's okay. There's a place for that little bit of fun. But if you have um, issues, go somewhere where people are real. They've talked to you properly. So... Um, the reason the process needs to be slow is that if you have buried a trauma deep into your emotional field, that you have guarded it, and you don't want to let anyone touch that. That's your no-go area, okay? I have that sensitive wound that's in there. You know it's there. You're guarding that. You've been guarding it for many years. And that's fine. It's, it, it's very painful. And so that's what we do as human beings. When we've been hurt as children, we're going to guard that. And no one's going to get near it. And people do everything to deflect you from going there. As I said, the numbing out, another one's humor, joking, joking all the time. Or I'm good, everything's great. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of workaholism, shouting even, rage, anything to avoid you getting close. And... Um, so this is why we would encourage you to move at a very slow pace. Um, so uh, this is the reason the uh, group work uh, works, because there's a lot that happens in a group meeting. Um, I'm all for group work, actually. I really think it's effective. Those 12-step meetings showed me a lot, but that's... I went to meetings long, long before, you know, back when I was with that woman, when I was in my 20s, and she used to do wonderful workshops. I really, really enjoyed them. I actually preferred them to the 12-step meetings, but then I just later found the 12-step meetings, and they're more 
available in big cities, you can find them. Um, it's good community. So the reason meetings work, right, is well, that meeting, they would say you start by acknowledging that you're powerless over your emotional reactions and compulsions, addictions. So the step one, they always say, is uh, you admit that you're powerless over the addiction. And the addiction in this case could be triggers, emotional triggers, things that spark you off, make you angry, make you mad, make you obsessive. Um, so we're not going to go into that tonight, any of this. I'm just showing you if you're going to do it. And if you're already on the journey, that's great. Keep going, keep moving. Um, but these are just some tools to get you started, to get you thinking. If you're new to it, uh, you could just start buying a journal. Get yourself ready. I think I'm going to start my little journey. I buy a journal and a pen. <laughs> you have to have lightness also. Okay, so you want to approach it with a nice, sensitive, kind approach. You're going to be, you're going to start um, gently probing into the pain so that you can find release. So how do you do it? Well, you could start by just observing yourself. That's with the diary. Just start by observing yourself in all situations. What are you like in the morning when you wake up? Are you grouchy, moody, depressed? The first person you meet, how do you react to them? How do you act towards them? Follow yourself through the day, you know, whatever you do. Your work, how are you at work? How do you cope with stress? Do you worry about money? How is it? What if somebody says something to you? Are you sensitive to criticism? Do you overreact? You know, the overreact is the triggers. They used to call it in that group I was in. That group I used to go to is called PRH, by the way. Anybody may have heard of it. It's a very good organization. Um, they called it a DRR, which is a disproportionate recurring reaction. I really like that and I never forgot it. Do you have ever have a disproportionate recurring reaction? It keeps happening. You just blow up. It just the reaction is just too big for the situation. Does that happen a lot? If so, where does it happen? What situation? What person? Who is the person? What are they saying to you? Take it home. Get your journal. Open your journal. Okay, so there I was today, I was at work, and that person at work did it again. I don't know what it is about him or her. They only have to say two words to me, and I am angry. Whatever. So just observe all those situations. Start taking notes, writing them down, becoming aware of yourself and your reactions and everything that you do. How are your relationships? Have a look at them all. Do you need to do anything about them? I'll leave it like that. Do you feel comfortable in your relationships? Do you feel validated? Do you feel valued? Do you feel bullied? Do you feel intimidated? How do you feel in your relationships? 
Have you told the people in your life how you feel? Oh, they're not going to like it, that's for sure. No, they're not. But you're going to go on a journey for you, not them. How do you sleep at night? Do you sleep well? If you're awake during the night, why are you awake? Ask yourself questions. Don't lie in bed, just anxious. Get up. Write it in your diary. I can't sleep. Why not? What's your emotion? Another thing to do, there's all these apps out there. I'm not a fan of apps, but I know the world is. So there's all these mood apps out there. And uh, I downloaded one once and I thought it was silly, but don't follow me because I don't like apps. So um, I just like simple kind of, I keep everything kind of as simple as possible. Um, but some people love apps and they're mood apps and they're actually great fun. And I know people really enjoy them. And uh, so you just go and a few times a day, you go into your mood app and you go, how am I feeling? And you type in. So the good thing about it is they will give you a list of emotions because many people who have been traumatized in their childhood or grown up in any dysfunction or have not had good teaching in their life about how to manage their emotions, they don't have a vocabulary. I was one of those, by the way. I didn't have the vocabulary to describe my own emotions. So you can Google in emotions and there's thousands of them to describe yourself. And I wrote in one blog somewhere. Um, I will try to find it and add it. And so there's so many of them, but they can be categorized into sad emotions, uh, angry emotions, happy emotions, content emotions. And so you can have them in five categories or something. And then when you don't know how you feel, you read through the list. So rather than saying, how are you? I'm fine. I'm good. I feel a bit funny today. I feel off. They're okay words, but try to expand because it will open up your emotional field. Awareness. Who are the people in your life? Okay. So I'm coming to the end now because we don't want it to go up into the hour. I don't like the podcast to be too long, but I knew that this one wouldn't be short because it's a huge topic. And I will be coming on um, and doing more and more on this area so that people will learn how to heal. So things that might help. Journaling, I have recommended. I think it's very good. Talking to someone, someone you trust. Make sure that you feel comfortable with them. They're safe. And if they could be recommended from, by someone, that's even better. But someone you feel you connect with. Maybe find a support group that would be suitable for you. Maybe at your church there might be something. If there's nothing at the church, you could ask your pastor, do they know of anything in the area? And if you go to church or priest, Examine the triggers in your life. What is triggering you? Who triggers you? Why do they trigger you? And where do you think it's coming from? Is it from your mother? Does someone remind you of your mother? Your father? Whatever. Have you dealt with your childhood wounds? Just think about it. Did you come from dysfunction? Don't worry. It's quite common. I think about 90% of the population came from dysfunctional families. 
I'd love to meet the 10%. I, I rarely meet them. But I'm kind of joking, but the more, I, the more I study this, the more I realize that most people have had some form of dysfunction. So, you know, that's also removing the stigma around mental health, you know. Everybody needs to get well. Um, now, if you have a laptop, if you have a magazine, a newspaper, you have heard that narcissism is the big topic of the day. <laughs> no healing of your emotions podcast will be complete without mentioning the narcissist. <laughs> I'm laughing because everyone's talking about it. I haven't targeted that as a centerpiece of my work, but I am very aware of narcissism and how dangerous it is to be in a relationship with a narcissistic person and that yes, narcissists I believe could get healing because God's a miracle worker and it's possible but the problem with narcissism is the ego and the lack of empathy and the lack of self-awareness very difficult to get them into therapy or any sort of self-reflection they don't self-reflect they don't have that self so with narcissism sadly the people with narcissism don't really have a self they don't have a core self so they're almost just taking life from other people so they are dangerous and so if you uh, have been in a relationship with a codependent, you are codependent, you're in a relationship with a narcissist, you are in a very difficult relationship. You are in a very difficult situation. So, but becoming aware of these names, at least, that narcissistic people are very broken, but they're also very dominant and very dangerous. And codependents are quite, uh, they just feed into that because the codependent person is maybe um, because of their low self-confidence they just want to help so they help to feel loved but the narcissist doesn't help they take so it's a perfect fit so you will find that a narcissist will, and a codependent will often be together causing terrible pain for the codependent Okay, so um, another thing, if you are in a difficult relationship anywhere at work or anything, so another part of the healing journey is boundaries. You have to have boundaries. You have to have strong boundaries with the people in your life with the, um, and not only people but situations and also the habits. Like if you were addicted to something, you need a boundary to, if you gave up alcohol, for instance, well, you need a boundary with the people who you used to drink with. You need a boundary. Well, if I've just given up alcohol, well, then I can't be going down to that bar that I used to go to. No, you can't. That's a boundary. So you're setting boundaries like that. And boundaries against people in your life who are also dangerous. So that requires learning how to say no. And your no is a no, and your yes is a yes. The Bible says that as well. 
Let your no be a no and your yes be a yes. Don't be all hazy. You don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But if you are around a dominant person or a narcissist, they will they will confuse you and they will gaslight you and everything. You, after a while, won't know a yes from a no and you'll be confused. So if you start taking time out to write in your journal and to focus, you'll start getting back to your core self. And so when that dominant person, I mean, you might be married to them. It's very possible. When that person comes again with their tricks and their schemes and their gaslighting and their dominance, you have done a bit of the work. You will know how to say no. And they will try to maybe, you know, get you to do something you don't want to do. And so you know that that's going to happen because you've done your study. You've been reading your articles. You've been learning about narcissism. So when the narcissist comes, you're ready. You're not just sitting there, oh my God, I don't know what to do. You know that they're going to do it because they do it in their sleep. <laughs> so they come and they're going to try and you just don't know when it is or what. So then they come, they get, try and get you to do something. You just say no. They, will, they won't like it and they'll be surprised. So you'll have to say, well, no, I'd prefer to stay at home actually today. And they will try their tricks or whatever. Well, I've made plans to meet my friend for lunch. I'm sorry, I'm not available. Maybe next week we could do that. Is that okay with you? That's going to be hard for people, but they're the kind of things you have to learn. So what is healing our emotions about in general? I have to come to the end of this because um, I don't want to keep you too long. Um, Self-love and care. I'm in the city. I'm in the city, by the way, so that's why you can hear those sirens. We'll let it pass. So self-love and care. Okay, so that's a huge part of it. Self-love, boundaries, that is caring for yourself. And you're going to have to change your mindset. So um, changing your mindset is part of the journey. And developing a self-care program, a routine for yourself every day, every night, twice a day. You're going to do these things that help you. And the goal then is to be transformed. Also take prayer time. Do exercise that helps you. And so, obviously, if you're working on your emotions and solitary things are very good, like walking, jogging, running, meditating, read, reading, good, depends what you read, of course, read the Bible, read spiritual books, anything that helps you, swimming, cycling, cooking, gardening, painting, writing, all those things, they're all very good because you're getting time to be with yourself um so i'm going to close now so i hope that that was helpful that that's the journey to setting yourself free um and it is possible so don't lose hope doesn't matter where you are in the journey there is hope and you can have full freedom in your life yeah so jesus died for our freedom not to leave you in bondage and so you can be free of your emotional baggage. Woo! <laughs> we can do it. We really can. So and then what you need to do, if you're serious about this, is to make a decision that you are going to be committed to your healing. No matter what anyone else says in your life, I've had a lot of criticism. 
didn't stop me. I was on my path to healing because I wanted it. So if you want to be healed, and Jesus always says, do you want to get well? Do you want to heal? Do you want to? If you do, do. Be committed to it. That you want a peaceful life. Change your thinking and change your behavior. Okay? And so one more thing I'm saying, I don't know who's listening to this. There are people who have regrets in their life and they're turning over a new leaf and they may have been abusive. They may have even been on the narcissistic spectrum. If you have been that person and you are just becoming aware of that now because of everything that's on the internet, you're acknowledging some abuse that you have carried out. Well, that is something you need to bring to God. You know, take it to God in prayer and God ask for forgiveness that God could forgive you for what you did and that you want to start on a journey, a new journey, a healing journey, and that you want to start to love people. Now, if you have been like that, don't be surprised if the people don't want you back. A lot of people who I've met who have changed, and it's lovely and it's so beautiful when they do. They think that everybody's just going to open their arms and welcome them back. No, it doesn't work that way. Sometimes it's too late. It's, you know, that, that is the truth, you know. But it doesn't matter because you can be right with God and right with yourself and have peace. And you would have lost people in your life. It's true. It happens all the time. We're not going to pretend it doesn't. It happens with divorce all the time. There are stories of reconciliation. It does happen. So um, there's hope there also. So I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you very much. I am going to continue with this, expanding on this process more and more. And I hope that it's useful. And I'm going to keep this going, this um, journey of healing, growth, and transformation. It will be shorter, of course. I wanted to cover these two areas, healing the body, healing the emotions. And of course, the whole lot is healing our spirit so that we are um, walking in a new life with Christ. So I'm going to leave it at that tonight and thank you for listening.